Welcome back to Officially Unofficial. I'm your host, Johnny Junta, and we're here with a very special guest. He is a former first-round draft pick and, and right-handed pitcher for the Texas Rangers. It is my pleasure to welcome Man Rocket, Taylor Guerreri, to the Officially Unofficial podcast. What is up, Taylor? What's up? I appreciate the nickname, too, man. That was quick. I've, uh, I've never gotten Yeah, no, we're bu- like, like I told before. you earlier, man, we're buzzing. We'll get right into it because I said you're a Man Rocket, good-looking dude. I, we're we're friends with Jake Hager. We're a pro Jake Hager podcast. He's my boy. I've golfed with him in Vegas. He's a beauty. So can we can we start this yeah. narrative that you two are the top two best looking duo drafted by the same franchise in Major League Baseball history? Maybe look into that or something. It's close in Major League history, sure. Uh, if you want to, you know, get into all other sports, I think Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski give us yeah. a run for money. <laughs> um, other than that, I think me and Hager we got it locked up, man. We're looking good. Yeah, so let's go into Hager, man. I mean, Hager's a funny guy. I mean, I love this guy. He goes on hikes. He golfs. He wears those uh, toad shoes or whatever. I saw him buy them yesterday. He's just a different guy. Well, what's a funny story you have of Jake Hager? Oh, man, there's so many stories. Me and Hager, actually. All right, so it was uh, one of my first – it was actually our first, like, event out, you know, growing out after getting drafted. So, needless to say, we all got hung over, right? And uh, the, next, <laughs> the next day, I was, I was kind of like – I had the worst of it, man. I was in the shits, and I, I just, I was struggling. So we had a tea time at like seven forty-five, eight o'clock the next morning. I don't know who the hell booked that, but whoever did, man, it was <laughs> bad planning. But so I was, I was the most hungover, man. And we go out there, and dude, I was throwing up all over the course, like it was brutal. <laughs> and on hole number three, we look behind us and we see the pitching coordinator, the infield coordinator. Uh, this is all for Tampa, and we see like one of the head minor league um, instructors, and they're they're riding behind us, like you know, a hole behind us, and I'm sitting here like trying to you know go in the woods and throw up so they don't see it. Hager was right there with me. He wasn't he wasn't in as bad a shape as I was, man. But at 18 years old, that was our first little welcome into professional baseball, and it was it was fun, man. We've had some good times. That's the dream, man. I mean, just thinking about it, like I always mention this in the podcast, is just you're pretty much a traveling frat when you're in the minors. Like you guys are just getting after it, living in shitty, shitty conditions, eating terrible meals. It's like sleeping at billet house. It, it's a grind, man. I mean, I, the minor leagues is definitely something that's one of the most interesting things in sports, especially for baseball. Yeah. I mean, it, it 100%, like you said, it's a grind and it's one of the most overlooked things as, as, as far as baseball or sports go. I mean, how often do you hear of a minor league baseball player on ESPN, you know what I mean? You don't, you don't really see too many highlights of the minor league baseball guys, you know? So like not really getting the attention and all that stuff that most other sports get, I'm sure, you know, so it bothers some guys, you know, but you kind of learn to deal with it, man. It's, it's part of the, it's part of the, uh, it's part of the beauty of it, honestly, man. It, it kind of humbles you a little bit and uh, makes you work a little harder too. So minor league baseball, it's a grind, but it'll make you all better for it. Yeah, it'll turn you into a man. But I wanted to bring this up before I forgot because I said I read in your bio, big research guy, that you're from Augusta. So I wanted to ask yeah. you: Have you gotten to walk the hollowed grounds of Augusta National? Oh, yeah. I, I need to know. Absolutely. So I grew up in North Augusta, South Carolina. It's about 15 minutes from the Augusta National, and um, we were close enough to where we would actually rent our house out. My family would rent our house out to some of the golfers, and unfortunately, it was always confidential. Um, but we would pay, you know, we would go, we'd go on vacation and, or we'd go to the practice rounds, enjoy it, rent a house, you know, somewhere for, for the weekend. Um, I never actually got to see the actual official rounds. I've always, I've only been to uh, practice rounds. 
but I can tell you firsthand that is the best and most like pristine piece of property I've ever been on. And it's like by far the most beautiful as well. I don't even know what to compare it to because there's a golf course here in close to Toronto. It's called wooden sticks. There's a free ad for you. Wooden sticks. And they have like a mimic, like or copied uh, holes of Augusta and they have like amen corner and all that kind of stuff. And when you play it, it's cool. Like you, but it makes you really think like how perfectly groomed is this hole at actually Augusta? Like when you're walking this course, do you kind of think about just the history that's there? And the fact that tiger, who's the goat, obviously, as you can see in the picture behind me, is just was running around that course as a, as like a 20 year old, just embarrassing the competition. It, it must be just crazy to just walk around and see that stuff. It's crazy, man. You know, I actually live in the same town as tiger. I live in Jupiter, Florida. So like, you'll see some of the stuff he does, like, you know, He'll be on a boat or, or even just seeing the house from afar. You know, it's really cool. I've always been a fan growing up. Um, I, I really enjoy the game of golf as well. So he's definitely one of the main inspirations that everybody's always chasing out there. But, uh, I mean, as far as being at the Augusta National with Tiger, I can say that was that was probably one of the top five cool, coolest experiences of my life. So you saw – you actually saw the – like – you saw Tiger oh, yeah. play? Yeah, I saw the full practice round where they skip it over the water, everything, man. Part threes, you name it. It was a lot of fun, man. So how's he hitting it? Like, Because obviously you see in TV, you're like, okay, this guy's cool and all that. It's it's cool to watch. But in person, it's obviously different. I mean, what's what's the trajectory? What does it look like? What's the sound of the club? It must be the coolest shit ever. It's different. Okay, so now the amateur, the ball sounds, and it's just – it's so much more crisp, man. It's it's hard to describe, to be honest. It's just like this aura whenever he's walking down the fairway. It's kind of surrounding him. It's it's crazy, man. You know, he's obviously got like a following of like probably 10,000 people per hole. I mean, <laughs> it's unbelievable. We got a glimpse of it last year whenever he won the Masters. And it was just like, you know, everybody's following him. Even pro, pro golfers on um, tee boxes behind him or next to him. They're peeking over in between tee shots after they hear a roar. And it's, it's the exact same thing it was back in 1998. Like, it was. I, I, dude, I love it. I legitimately, like, I'm going to get roasted for this, but I legitimately cried when he won the Masters. Like, I was so fired up this guy won the Masters. It's like, you just love to see it, man. I mean, he, I have a comeback story like that. It's incredible. And I, how's your golf game like, by the way? Like, what's the handicap here? Uh, handicap's a two trying to trying to work that thing up a little bit so I can get some strokes for my buddies. But, uh, you know, it's, I, I keep it, I keep it respectable. Okay. I, I mean, that's not, that's more than respectable. I mean, that's a two stroke handicap for people that don't know is on, is on uncomfortably good. So you might get an invite <laughs> to the officially unofficial open. We might be running here with Hagger or something like that when the borders open. I mean, you might oh, have yeah. to get the invite. It might not be fair. I might have, to, uh, obviously I'm going to get 12 stroke. I'm going to get 15 strokes. I'm a 17. So, I mean, you just love to see it. I'm just uh, – it's crazy the fact that you're also a two-handicap and you play in the show. Like, is that is that a – is that something you bring up? Like, is that – what do you bring up first? The fact that you're in the show or that you're a two-handicap? What do you think is kind of cooler? Oh, man. I think the, I think playing in the show is definitely cooler. You know, that's something I've dreamed of my whole life. But tell you what, whenever spring training rolls around and the rookie comes in and he's a two-handicap – uh, nobody wants any any part of it. Nobody wants to lose any point to the rookie. So, yeah. it's, I've been I've been on both sides where I've lost and I've won. But I can tell you that's a pretty enjoyable experience as well as taking the money from some of the bets on the course. Yeah, no, it's uh, I love golf. Whatever, it's not a golf podcast. We'll go into this. I, I after creeping <laughs> you on Instagram, you have an incredible picture. It's a picture of you and Blake Snell 
just looking, just mean mugging the camera. Oh, so, yeah, can, yeah. so can we give you, can I give you credit for Blake Snell's success? Maybe, maybe you pushed him as a, as a younger Tampa Bay Ray prospect. Absolutely not. Snell can't, Snell, let me, let me tell you, man, Snell is not at all. Whatever I, whenever I saw Snell in 2012, 2013, he was not at all what he is now, man. That guy's worked his ass off. And I give a lot of credit to Kyle Snyder, um, pitching coach for Tampa. I, you know, I'm really happy for Snell, really. I mean, to see him get the contract and the Cy Young after, or whichever one came first. I mean, either way, <laughs> yeah. it, it's been an incredible, it's been an incredible, incredible like turnaround for him, man. He came in, he was kind of, and I'm not knocking Snell at all, but he kind of had a bad body. You know, he, uh, he got roughed around. He got roughed up a little bit in 2013 as far as performances go. And then like, dude, 2014 came, 15, 16. I mean, you can check his minor league stats. I mean, he's got like, Verlander type of uh, numbers in the minor leagues, like it's it was crazy. So he gets his call up, and obviously he is what he is now, man. But I, Kyle Snyder, man, I think that guy had a huge impact on him for sure. What is Blake Snell like, man? Because uh, you see, like he has a good personality, man. He's all over the streaming, all that kind of stuff. So what's he like off the field? Yeah. Is he the kind of guy you want to grab a couple beers with? He's just a chill ass dude. He's, he's he's actually sober, man. He doesn't drink. He doesn't do anything. He's never had a drink and drop. Never had never smoked anything in his life. So I respect him even more for that, man. To be honest, um, couldn't be me. Chill ass dude. Could be Couldn't be me. It's not for everybody, but you know what, man? It works for him, and it works for him pretty well. But he's a good dude, man. Um, I've never had a bad experience with Blake Snow. Yeah, no, he, he's definitely one of those guys in the game of baseball that's going to be good to market it and kind of grow the game as a guy like Blake Snell, man. You see him doing all that stuff with social media. And yeah. I wanted to bring up something last week because I don't know if you saw it. When he got uh, – like, they took him out of the game. He walks off the mound, and he's just like, what the fuck are we doing? Is that just goes to show the kind of competitor this guy is? I mean, is he just one of those guys that when he's on the mound, everyone hates this guy because he wants to punch your throat? Absolutely. And Snell's the guy who's going to try and strike you out, too. You know, he wants to punch out 250 50 guys a year. And hitters don't like that. You know what I mean? So, I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't even watch I didn't watch a single pitch of playoff baseball yet, so I don't know what he did. I'm, I'm just kind of staying away from baseball right now. But uh, I can respect that. I can I'm respect sure, that. I'm sure, he, uh, I'm sure he did all right. And if he didn't, you know, I'm sure he's pissed off about it. But whatever. He's good. He's nasty. He's fine. So you're not a big, uh, you're not a big, you don't like to watch baseball and you're not playing it. You're like one of those guys that just likes to walk away from the game, kind of sit back. Yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't play ball at all this year. You know, I had a, I had a little injury in spring training, had a neck thing going on. And, uh, dude, I just haven't watched anything, man. I I respect that. What have you been doing? I've been playing a lot of golf, man, going to the beach. (laughs) After I got healthy and stuff, I kind of just, you know, locked in into full summer mode and, you know, obviously kept up my throwing and my workouts and stuff. So. Um, I, I'm, I'm still kind of, I'm kind of locking it back into off season mode right now. Yeah, no, I mean, that, yeah, it, it's definitely, it was a weird year, man. But if you think about it, you didn't miss that much. I mean, 60 games, no fans. Who wants to play in front of no fans? Not me. Couldn't be me. Yeah, it's just, you know, when it's your job, you want to be able to do your job. And it, there's a lot of stuff goes into it. it. It was just a weird way I got hurt. I got hurt on a chiropractic table. So it was a very interesting, it was a very interesting year. So it was like um, a Justin Herbert situation. Was it was it something like that? Yeah, with Tyrod Taylor getting or Tyrod Taylor, sorry, team. Tyrod Taylor, yeah. Tyrod Taylor getting punctured by the team doctor or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something, something similar. I'm not getting into the details of yeah, it, but right. I had a little injury on the chiropractic table, and that was pretty much it. That's why I wasn't taken out there and stuff. But it is what it is, man. You know, 
Yeah, I mean, that's just the game of baseball, man. But I also wanted to bring something up here. Uh, your major league debut, you pitch against Miami. I mean, humble brag, whatever. Ever heard of the Miami Marlins? Just a, They're buzzing this year, by the way. Shout out to them. But what was that like for you, man? I mean, a guy from Augusta, first-round draft pick, finally makes it to the show. He's just all over the camera. You, I mean, you, you got a face for the camera, I'll be honest. There's a, little, there's a little compliment for you. But what was that debut like? It was incredible, man. It was a, uh, it was, it sounds cliche, but it was a dream come true, man. I mean, and to be able to do it in front of mom and dad and uh, my aunt, and my uncle and my childhood best friend too, mom and my sister as well, um, which they all live in Florida. So that was, that was huge. Um, it was, it was, it was incredible, man. And to do it for your Blue Jays too, is even cooler. Yeah. Uh, which I can't, no. I can't say enough about the Blue Jays organization. Man. What a team. What a team. I honestly, here's the Blue Jay hour. We're always going to do it every once in a while. You're playing. I wanted to bring, first of all, the manager you were playing for, just an electric factory of a guy. He looks like he's blackout drunk in the dugout, just grinding out lineup cards. What was John Gibbons like, man? I love this guy. Gibby was incredible, man. I had a, I got a cool little story from him from like the very beginning. So, you know, you got like the player's weekend jersey. You go in yeah. and like fill out the beginning. So the way that works is like in spring training, you go in and fill out what you want uh, your nickname to be on the back of the jersey. Yeah. And so I always put um, just like TG, my initials. I don't really have like a great nickname. I have to use the, the – Man Rockets. The yeah. Man Rockets. Yeah, Man yeah. Rockets. There you go. So Gibby comes like waddling by me, right? And mind you, this is my second week with Toronto. I just got picked up off waivers the previous offseason. And uh, Gibby comes walking by me and he's like, speaking of uh, – Nobody can say my last name. He's like, what's up, Gary? You know, and so I immediately just filled in as this was as I was filling in like my TG. I scratched it out, started over and just put in Gary. Unfortunately, I didn't get called up till September, so I didn't get to see the damn jersey. But how legendary would that have been? Dude, just Gary on the back here. Dude, you'd have have Buck Martinez mind in a pretzel and trying to be like, Wait, is that his nickname or is that just his last name? I mean, that would be incredible, dude. I just the whole thing about Toronto Blue Jays, especially that year. I mean, that was that was twenty eighteen, right? Yeah, that was poor Buck, man. He had to he had to announce. Uh, no, I guess Vlad didn't get called up that year, but he had Guriel, potentially Guerrero, and then myself, Guerrero, Guerrero, and Guerrero. Yeah. No, it, it yeah, it's a lot of tough nicknames with the Toronto Blue Jays that are tough last names. But what, so first of all, let's go into that. I mean, I always ask this to Toronto Blue Jays guests, what was your first impression of Toronto, man? You fly off, you land in Toronto Pearson International, you're looking in the skyline, you're like, I want to raise my family here. Was that what was running through your head? Absolutely, dude. You, I mean, honestly, it didn't hit me until like I woke up the next morning and walked around downtown a little bit. It is so clean. Like every, there's not, there's no trash land around. People are friendly. Like the culture, I think like the, I guess like the, just the French Canadian culture is just, it's just different, man. I, I loved it. They, they were so friendly, man. Welcoming. They didn't know who you were, but it didn't matter either. Um, man, it was cool. And obviously like the architecture as well, like the big skyscraping buildings were beautiful. It, it was cool, man. It was unreal. Yeah. No, the, I just. Women, it's... Hey, talking about the women too. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, like I said, I've said this to like, and all, all the athletes will say this: Toronto women are elite. It's just they're it's an elite, it's elite brand of women. And when you play on the Blue Jays, I mean, it's not that much of a you can't. It doesn't give you as much bragging rights if you play for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but it does some. And have you brought that up at the bar before when you're just talking to people, even in Toronto? Like, I play for the Blue Jays. Ever heard of them? You know what the Rogers Center is? Yeah, I play there. I got that's my office. 
Yeah, we're not the Maple Leafs, but you know, we still are the only baseball team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was what was really cool, man. It was like the, the support, even in a losing season that year was, it was crazy. Yeah, no. And, and I mean, that, I think that was Gibby's last year, which sucked because uh, yeah. Gibby is just, uh, he, he should be, a, he should be a manager right now, man. I mean, that's the kind of trend that I feel like baseball is going to is more player managers or analytics. And I'm, I hate analytics, by the way, I'm not an analytic podcast, but I think Gibby was one of those guys, man, that you just kind of love playing for because he's just like an average Joe, right? I mean, is that what it's like playing for Gibby? Yeah, I mean, these days a lot of managers are yes men. Like they'll yeah. just do it. They'll just say yes to whatever the GM is asking of them. And then you got guys like Gibby who are old school who will just say like, you know, this is my team. I'm going to run how I want. If you don't like it, you can fire me. And yeah. they're going to fire him because obviously he's winning, but, you know. It's just you really grow an appreciation for old school guys like that after, you know, this is going to be my 10th year in professional baseball coming up. And I've seen both sides of it, obviously, man, more of the bad than the good. And Gibby is one of those guys you can definitely appreciate. And it kind of makes you scratch your head a little bit, like you said, like, how's this guy not have a job, man? But, but then again, you think about what I just said, and it's like, all right, well, the GMs can't really control them like they can these younger managers. Maybe that's why he doesn't have a job. Yeah, and I'll give you a scenario. For instance, like your boy Blake Snell, the reason why he said, why the fuck are you taking me out, was he was carving. I don't know if you saw it. You obviously didn't see this, I'm assuming, right? No, I didn't see it. So he was carving, and he, like, in this is game six. Like, this is to clinch the series. He's carving, yep. and he's, like, he's doing pretty well. I think he's only at 85 pitches, man. And, no, I don't – I think it's one or two runs he's given up. And Kevin Cash takes him out because analytics. And he's walking off the mound, like, what the fuck are we doing? Which makes sense. I mean, 85 pitches in your end. you pitching on short days rest? No. No, that's why he was so pissed. I could be wrong on this, but it was apparently it was because analytics, because Kevin Cash had to put in some sort of guy because a certain amount of times Blake Snell goes through the order, but he was only through the order like I think one and a half times or close to two times, and they just took him out. So there's a little breaking news for you right there. You obviously didn't know that, but, yeah, they just gassed him. So I guess that's what you're talking about, right, with managers that are just kind of like, yeah, I'll, I'll do whatever the GM says. Yeah, and I'm not saying Kevin Cash. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying Kevin Cash in general. I'm just saying, like, that's what you kind of mean, right? Like, just, yeah, like, I managers mean, that are analytic guys? Exactly. I mean, Kevin Cash is an analytical – he's an analytical manager, you know, so that could have been his call. Like, he didn't have to yeah. have somebody in his ear. Um, but, you know, then, you get, then again, you got Tampa Bay's bullpen. His, they probably nasty. have the best bullpen in baseball. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Like, yeah. I would feel very comfortable handing the ball over to that bullpen if I was a starter in game six. I understand you want the rock, but like also, I don't, I don't know. It's, you know, I'm not going to get into it. Yeah, no, that's fine. And then then we go, like you, let's go back to Gibby for a second because Gibby's also known for ripping players. Like just, he's a good roast guy. He's like me. He can come up with a chirp pretty quick. What's the best like Gibby roast to an umpire or to a player? You don't think the player you've ever heard has even ripped into anyone when you were like during your time there? Unfortunately, I didn't get to hear. I mean, I, I, I saw the ejections, obviously, but I was in the bullpen. So, like, yeah. on the field stuff, I don't get to hear it. Um, I mean, you see it. You, you get to you get to see the back and forth animations and stuff that Gibby, Gibby has. But uh, he never got into any of the players, man. He was He's not that kind of guy. He's not going to get in your face as a player. Like, yeah. If anything, he's going to call you, he's gonna call you into the office and it's going to be a one-on-one thing. And, like, that's that's it. And, like – Guys respect it. Guys play well for that. 
Yeah, for sure. Who was one guy from that team that kind of stood out to you or just the guy that you're like, this guy is disgusting at the game of baseball. I can't believe I'm just even in this guy's presence. He's so good. Uh, there's a couple, man. Um, obviously, Marcus Stroman. Like, that guy has really good stuff and his pitch yeah. ability is, like, through the roof. Um, but I think if you want to talk about just straight-up stuff, I think Aaron Sanchez, man. That guy, like – Nasty. He's got it, man. He's got it for sure. I just I hope he can stay healthy. I think he's still with Houston. No, I think he's a free agent now. Free agent. Oh, he's a free agent. Yeah. Okay. Which, by the way, I'm a free agent too. I know you mentioned me with the Rangers, but yeah, I like yeah. the free agents. You, you, yeah, like you were me. with the Rangers. That's what I meant to say. I, I'm I'm not a big word guy. Sometimes I just stumble my shit. I went to JUCO just so you know. I'm a junior college graduate, so that's uh, JUCO baseball guy. So just if if a couple blenders here, the fans know I'm not the brightest. So we'll just so we'll just we'll just tag into that. You're good. I'm also not on Sanchez's status either. You know what I mean? So we're good, man. My no, you are. You you are. You are. You're a big leaguer. I mean, that's something you have to tell your grandkids yeah. about. Like, I played in the show. That's, I mean, it's one of the greatest brags of all time, man. It really is. Taking that to my grave. Yeah. Taking that to my grave. Exactly, man. I mean, and I, there's one guy you also played with that I'm a big fan of. Maybe we can get an endorsement to get him on the pod. We've had a, a lot of Jays guys, but I need this guy. Danny Jansen. I mean, what's this guy like? What's Jano like? This guy's a legend. One of my favorite teammates of all time. Jano is by far, he is like a national treasure. He's just a treat. He's, he's hilarious. Great teammate. Uh, I still, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to call him a friend, man. He's, he's still, uh, I still text him probably about once a month, just check in. But uh, yeah, I mean, great guy, dude. Great okay. guy. He loves some dominoes. He's Domino's like every other night. It's like his. It's like his superstition. Domino's has knocks, like as in hits. Yeah. So Domino's. Yeah. Has, yeah so. <laughs> Dude, what a legend! He's, he's incredible, man. He's incredible. You know the uh, little coffee cream, little. Uh, uh, oh, the, like the, the, the cream you put. In the, okay, yeah, yeah. He'll shoot those in the morning because they have knocks in them. That guy is a legend, dude. Like I said, I'm going to clip that. We're going to tweet it. We're going to figure out a way to get Jano on the pod. We've had Trent Thornton. We've had Panone. We've had all the guys. We've had Anthony Bass. We need Jano on the pod. I feel like he's an electric factory. He's, he's just a funny dude. dude. I'm a, is he a golfer? Is yeah. he a big golf guy? Uh, you know what? I don't think I've played a single round with golf with Jano before, unfortunately. Okay. So he's not a big golf guy. That's fine. I mean, we're not a golf player, like I said. But a great guy, man. Here we go. Yeah. Get him on the get him on the pod. It'll be a good time. Yeah, we're gonna have uh, the endorsement here. I'm gonna clip it. We're gonna get him on the pod. But also, though, I wanted to because you said uh, the Toronto fans are nice, and I always ask this to even guys that visit Toronto as on the on the visiting side. Aren't the, aren't the fans there the ruthless though, man? Like they'll say some out of pocket shit to the players. Never to the home players. Though, yeah, never know? to home. But oh, I meant to the away team. They say some ruthless yeah. shit. Yeah, but then they're always nice about it. Like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. You go to New York, dude, that is ruthless. Like, people are yelling at you, talking about your mom, all this stuff, dude. Yeah, but no, and, and what's, what's, fans, what is the most ruthless shit you've ever heard? Like, a fan ever say to you, for instance? Like, something where you're like, he got my ass. There was this one time, this one kid came up to me. He was leaning over the railing in New York, actually. And he was like, oh, hey, Greer, Greer, I'm a huge fan. Can I take a picture with you? I was like, all right, sure. So he leans over, go to take a selfie. He's like, psych, you ugly as hell. Fool. And I have the whole thing on video. <laughs> Dude, I'm surprised it didn't go viral. So I, got tagged, I got tagged in like this like starting nine video or something. And it just said, the caption was like, Yankees fans are fucking ruthless. 
It was pretty funny though. I actually, I got a good, I got a good laugh out of it. You got, you got to tip your cap, man. You got to tip your cap to those kind of guys. I mean, that's a, that's a calculated chirp, right? That's a calculated chirp. Hey, it's, it's New York, man. What do you expect? But I want to go into the minor yeah. leagues. I want to go into the minor leagues here. We always have a minor league story that is just that just gets the people going. It's a hilarious story. Cops involved, whatever. Just a funny story about minor league baseball, about your career, whatever, throughout your career. That's funny. That's where you're like, holy shit, this is minor leagues. Okay. Uh, so very first year, 2012, I am leave. We're going to Brooklyn. So I'm in the New York, uh, New York pin league. We're leaving yeah. from Hudson Valley go to Brooklyn and uh, we're on the bus bus breaks down, no AC. It's a summer. It's a New York summer day. It's hot and bus breaks down and the whole, there's, there's one rule on the bus really. And there's, you might, you probably know it. It's don't take a shit on the bus. Yeah. So, and especially when there's no AC and the bus is not running and it's just sitting parked. So we're on the side of the Jersey turnpike and we're sitting in traffic and we're pull off after finally the bus is just kind of broken down. And I, my stomach starts rumbling, man. After everybody, I'm like, I'm sweaty, rumbling. And uh, I just, you know, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I grab the toilet paper, hop over like all this construction stuff in the Jersey Turnpike, go into the woods, bear hug a tree. Teammates got the freaking phones out through the windows and stuff. And I'm just, I'm, you know, I had to do it. Speak, yeah, I just had to, man. I couldn't go another minute. And you want to talk about probably the most miserable wipe I've ever had just the sweat that was all in my hand. I mean, the, the toilet paper, like almost disintegrated. <laughs> oh my God, man. The miners, the miners, what's, what's a town, what's a town that you visited where you're like, I can't believe I'm here right now because we usually get this. I'll give you a background. We usually get some town, I believe in Wyoming or Iowa. What's it called? I don't remember the name of it. It's a terrible town. It always gets roasted on this show. What's one of the towns where you visited where you're like, I can't believe I'm here? There's been so many of them, dude. Uh, I mean, I honestly can't even think of one right now on the spot. If I had to say one, it was actually kind of cool. Vermont was kind of cool. I heard um, that. But that was one. Like, I was like, what the hell am I doing in Vermont right now? Like, where am I? Okay, and by the way, the and, town uh, is Beloit, Wisconsin. That's the town. I just thought about it. Beloit. Have you been there? I haven't. They came to us. In the, it was the Midwest League. That's yeah. where that's at. And, yeah. Uh, they came to us, actually. We, I didn't go to Beloit. I, I, I think I've heard terrible things. <laughs> Dude, and this is a story. I'll tell you this. We had a story on the show for Matt Tabor. Shout out MT. And there was a fan there at a bachelor party out of Beloit whatever game. Like, that, that was his bachelor party. He got so drunk that obviously there's no security there. He was climbing the foul pole. He climbed the foul pole, reached the top, got a Snapchat video, and just sent it to everyone. Like, that that's what I picture when I think of Beloit. Just a war zone of people that don't give a shit about baseball. That's what I picture. So, I mean, that's just that's that's minor true, league. That's a true story? Yeah, it's a like true story. Yeah. How do you get down? I'll send you the like I'll send you the video. I'll send you the video after. We actually have a legitimate video of it, dude. This guy's climbing the foul pole, but he got down after, and apparently it was just like because apparently he looked at the the he went into the bullpen and he said to the guys, he's like, "How much money to climb? Well, if I climb that foul pole, you guys follow me on Instagram." And the guys are like, "Yeah, dude, sure." And he just climbs the foul pole in the middle of a game, and no one stopped him. It was crazy, man. 
Bro, that's nuts. That's the most minor league story I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, the minor <laughs> leagues are crazy, bro. And I also wanted to talk about this. I mean, obviously, you don't have that much control over it, but you, your numbers so far in the major leagues have just been bananas. I mean, you got 65 and 46. Is there a reasoning behind that? Is there a reasoning behind uh, these numbers? Kind of like whenever you get called up as a rookie, you kind of just given whatever number you're, you know, you kind of just accept whatever number you're given. And 65 had no control over it. Um, 46 had no control over it. Um, but I'm kind of, I kind of like 46, man. So I'm going to try and lock that one in actually. So I'm yeah. going to try and go under it. See, 65 is a respectful number. And I'll tell you, like, the, the best pitching numbers, for my opinion, it obviously goes 30, 32 for Doc. And then, like, 40, somewhere in the mid-40s aren't too bad. Like, 45, 44 is not a bad pitching number. But once you get into once you get into the 60s, 47 does look good. Once you get into the 60s, it's like, ah, I don't know, man. But people can contest this. When I see a middle infielder, I want to see a single-digit number. I don't want to see 22, 25. I want to see, like, 6, 4. That means you're good. I don't know if I'm wrong on that. No, I agree. I agree. Like shortstop, second base, they're wearing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. That's pretty much Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's how you can kind of tell the good guys in the, in the infield, if they're wearing the low number, especially in spring training. But, and we, we also then always, and you got a guy like Trevor story with the Colorado Rockos wearing yeah. 27. Yeah. You, hate, you don't like that. I don't like that. I, I, Trevor story better change that number because when I want when I think of the Rockies, I want to think of Troy Tulowitzki number two at shortstop. That's what I think. Right. I mean, a low digit number and he's nasty. And a former Blue Jay as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just pumping the Jays' tires here, especially. And the J- <laughs> the Jays also roasted me on uh, Twitter. By the way, we had a little, we had a Twitter feud, but we kind of got through it because uh, I said that the, they roasted me. So I said I was, the, I said the Lansing Lugnuts were North America's team, and yep. uh, the Blue Jays responded with like some gif of saying like, "What the hell are you talking about?" And then I responded and I said, "Care to comment if you are a fan of the Efficient Official podcast?" And they responded with a gif of Vladdy saying no. So they just put me in a body bag on Twitter, the Jays. They really did. Hey, I will say they probably have some of the best social media people out there, but they'll do it, man. You got to be careful. They're yeah. good. I respect good. it. I, I was going to do a full-on war, but then they might not allow me to get Jays guys on. We need to get Jano on. So I was just like, you know, I'll backstep. I'll backtrack here. <laughs> yeah. Be the bigger man. Walk away. Yeah. No, and uh, I mean, that, that's what we do here, but – uh, here's a funny story. So I don't know if you played with Nick Kingham. Did you know? Do you I know did, Nick King? No, you know. Okay, I, so anyways, I know of him through Hager. Yeah. Yeah. So he's Hager's buddy. He's first guest on the show ever when he was with the Blue Jays. But yeah, so I went to a game the first time I met him, and he gave up a nuke to Mike Trout. So speaking about nukes that you've given up to best players, who's probably, in your opinion, the best home run you've ever given up to a guy where you're like, oh, all right, I can respect this guy hitting a bomb off me. I've. Fortunately, not given up too many of them. I think I've given up like two homers. Humble brag. Two two homers in the show. (laughs) My bad. Uh, Two homers in the show. I think it was G-Man Choi. Holy shit. Who got me in Toronto, actually, in Rogers Center. Deep, deep in right center, like next to the Rogers sign, I think, is in right center. (laughs) And it was like, there was like three rows up. And uh, so he put a good swing on that. And then... I had one this past year that was like 600 feet in the air, but got out by like three feet. I think it was uh, Polanco with the twins. Oh, okay. Yeah. Greg, I think it's Gregory Polanco. Is that Gregory Polanco? I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm not sure who it is, but. Yeah, I think it was him. But 
Yeah, man. I don't think I've given up that many homers, actually. So uh, humble brag. And honestly, we're because you're more a big Taylor Guerrero guy. We're a big Taylor Guerrero podcast. Like I said, we're gonna maybe make a website, signtaylorguerrero.com. We're just gonna get a buzzing. We're gonna get the Taylor Guerrero. But we're gonna start the narrative. I would not hate that one bit at all. And I, I, you know what? I would recruit Jano for you. We could have a little. A little mutual okay. interest there. Well, I'm, I'm going to get a guy who's good with websites. We're going to create ta- uh, dra- or sign taylorguerrero.com. We're going to get him to des- design it. We're going to get uh, some facts, good hair, um, good golfer, just stuff like that to kind of <laughs> add the case. Right? Let's get some T-shirts, too. Put yeah, we'll get interesting t-shirt. facts on the back, blow up my face on the front. That's something. Yeah. That's something. We can kind of like kind of like a Blake Bortles with part of my take kind of thing. We'll get we'll, – we'll be – we're big Taylor Guerrero guys. So, we're going to – we're going to get that going. That is uh, the Blake of the year. I love yeah. that stuff. <laughs> it's, yeah, we're we're big. Part, I'm a big part of my take, guys. So that's that's what we do. But yeah, we're gonna get t-shirts going. We're gonna go fun facts on the back. Fun facts about Taylor Guerrero or why Taylor Guerrero is good for you or something like that. We'll figure something out though. We'll get some cool facts on the back. Your face on the front. We'll get signed Taylor Guerrero shirts going. Uh, we're gonna do it. I'm all in, man. I'm all in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then um, yeah, but we 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 mentioned players that you've hit new that hit nukes off you. Not many, humble brag, scientifically.com. But um, who's a couple guys you've played with where you kind of got to step back and be like, this guy is the nastiest baseball player I think I've ever seen in my life. Because for me, it was um, Josh Naylor with the Cleveland Indians. I kind of grew up playing with him or playing against them, and I just thought I wasn't hu- a human being compared to what this guy was. So that's that that that's a little background for that. Lance Lynn, for sure, for me, man. That guy's so underrated. <clears throat> I mean, you want to get he, – he's just a good pitcher. Like, the guy's a workhorse. He's never going to miss a start. He's going to throw a three – like a three-five or less every year in the ERA. And the guy – the guy's off the field as well. He's, he's a great guy, man. You know, he, but on the field, I mean – I don't know if he's a potential Hall of Famer, but I think he's got to win another World Series. But he does have a World Series ring. People yeah, forget that. People forget that. I think he he was in. He was like in. He's in Cy Young voting this year, but yeah, no, he had a good year. He had a great year. He's a great. He's he a, like a tough, I think at the All Star break. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a potential actually guest of the show. We've had Jesse Chavez on, and uh, Jesse yeah. Chavez is pretty close with him. So are you yeah. actually you, you played with Jesse Chavez? I totally even forgot to even mention that. You know him personally. What's our yeah. boy Jay Chavez like, man? Because he's funny as he's one of the he's an electric guy, dude. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah, I actually Chavi took care of me last year, man. He kind of took me under his wing. His family moved out for the summer, um, went back home to California, and he let me move into his place whenever I got called up. So he kind of kind of helped me out a lot there, gave me a ride to and from the field, kind of like big brother did for me. You know what I mean? So we spent a lot of time together, got to know each other, still talk to each other, man. He's he's good people. He's um, a grizzled vet. <laughs> He just, he just got 10 years this year, too, man. I mean, that's I mean, that's pretty fucking impressive. And I, I'm not a stats guy. Like I said, I'm not an analytic guy. But there has to be a small percentage of people that have done 10 years in the show. It can't be a lot. And that's incredible. And he also – you guys kind of followed the same path. I mean, the Jays, the Rangers, a little bit of a similarity there. Maybe you are his little brother. Maybe, man. Maybe if I can follow like have half the career he had, I'd be pretty I'd be pretty pumped, man. He had a hell of a career. I think he's still going too, honestly. I don't know what yeah. he's doing. But no, he is still going. Honestly, I don't know man. If he's calling it quits or, or what, man. But yeah. I, mean, I actually told him, I was I think I told him I was like, 
can you announce your re- retirement on this podcast whenever it happens? I feel like that'd be a like that'd be a groundbreaking ESPN news kind of thing. <laughs> Jesse Chavez announces retirement on the official official pod. That'd be electric. But that guy's hair is incredible, is it not? You you never know with this guy. Incredible? I don't know. I think it's pretty it's pretty wild for sure. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call it incredible. Yeah, Hager has incredible hair. Hager has incredible hair. You know what I mean? He's got like the frosted white tips. He's throwing back to like the Patrick like in sync days. Dude, I love it. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Did you see what he finished his hair with? Like at the end of the year, it was like all white, like legit. Yeah, it was legit. He looked like uh, Jack Frost from the Santa Claus movies. You know that Jack Frost character? Oh yeah, I don't think that's enough. Like, could throw sinkers, sliders, changeups, like way nastier than Jack Frost. Yeah, no, he's a beauty, man. I love Jesse Shaw. I mean, one of the good guys in the game for sure, man. And he's like, the cool thing about him is, and obviously we're gonna pump his tires. But the cool thing about him is, you wouldn't know he plays in the show if you met him. Like he's just a, such a normal dude, like no, yeah. normal as hell. Yeah, absolutely. Those are the guys that you know I, I try and surround myself with too. Yeah, no, man. I just and you definitely see that in the game of baseball. There's a lot of guys that kind of have those kind of egos and Marcus Stroman's one of those guys that you people think he has it, but I've heard he's such a good teammate. Is this like, is this true? He's just a good guy in the dug in the clubhouse. Yeah. I think, I mean, from the little time that I was there, he was a great guy. I mean, one-on-one great guy, teammate, great guy, man. I mean, I don't know how he gets such a bad rep, maybe like social media and stuff. He's, he is a little, you know, he is a little much on social media, I guess sometimes, Yeah. Um, you know, that's just kind of the generation we're in nowadays though. I don't, He's putting his brand out there. I, I love that, dude. And I think, I think the game is going to go to more of that, to be honest, as, as guys get more of a voice and more of uh, the platform and stuff keeps developing on social media. But Stroman was kind of ahead of his time, man. He saw an opportunity in a, in a country in Toronto that was fully supportive of him, and he kind of thrived. I think he opened up a store there, yeah? Yeah, and he has HDMH and all that stuff, and people wear that here, man. I mean, I see that a pretty good amount of time, people wearing the HDMH brand and all that. So shout out to him for that. And he kind of opened up the door for guys like Trevor Bauer that do all the social media stuff, right? I mean, he was the first baseball player to ever do be outspoken on social media, which is why the game for me is just like, what are we doing here? Like, let's embrace those kind of guys. Why would we roast Marcus Stroman, right? Right. No, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, even look, I mean, guys have been doing it since. I mean, you look at guys like uh, like Logan Morrison with the Marlins back in the day. Had like a little Twitter thing going on with the Miami Marlins, you know. And like, where would he would he be praised for what he did back then? You know, I think he called out like the front office or something. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not gonna get. I, I respect like, you know, that. They, but like, would people would people appreciate that nowadays? You know, if that happened eight to ten years later, like, would people love that? You know, so. That's just it's just the time we're in now versus time back then. Like Stroman kind of started the thing too, and you know I think I think guys are just kind of following in his footsteps, like you said. Yeah, no, shout out Stroman, man. I mean, I hope I hope he does well in New York. Obviously, I mean that team has just been struggling. So maybe that maybe a potential suitor for Taylor Guerrero. We'll just huh. we might have to get that Photoshop going. Just kind of you know how they always do. Obviously, you don't see it on Twitter, but they obviously post these pictures of Trevor Bauer in different uniforms. We'll just start doing that for you, kind of creating that narrative that maybe here, maybe he's yeah. going here. Let's see how he looks in this jersey. Yeah, let's see which one matches my eyes the best. You know, yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah, we we will go from there. But what's a a couple more questions, but what's a cool, um, what's your favorite city to visit as a visiting player? Like what's a city where you're like, I'm going to take some time to travel, like walk around here and just kind of see what it's like downtown or around the field. I mean, Toronto is definitely that one for me. Um, yeah. Even whenever I, you know, I was, I was a home, I was a 
member of the Blue Jays, I was still going out and that was the one city that I would really do it. Uh, I've always enjoyed like California, man. I, I like Southern California, Northern California. Like I thought San Fran was really cool this past year when we played Oakland. Um, like going to uh, Los Angeles Angels, they put you in Huntington Beach, which is like really nice. Very, very good area. Um, so I would say, honestly, anywhere in California, man, besides Toronto, Toronto is definitely number one as far as like getting out, getting up early and walking around before yeah. you got to be at one o'clock, you know, because they usually got to be at the field at one o'clock and you want to not be dead tired by the time you get there. So try and get out early enough and get back early enough to get some rest. But I would definitely say like Toronto is like that one where you can go from eight straight to one o'clock, straight to the field. Yeah. And just get after it. Like, like, all right, whatever is worth it. It's Toronto. Yeah, no, for sure. And then, and then this is, yeah. And a couple other questions. Like I said, who's the funniest guy you ever played with? Like a guy that's a jester, like a, like, how do you say this? Like a me in the locker room, a guy that keeps the gel going in the locker room, keeps it loose. Uh, his name is Jet Bandy. What a name. What yeah. a name. J-E-T-T, Jet Bandy. The guy, <laughs> man. I can't, I don't even know where to begin. To be honest, the guy's hands down the funniest person I've ever been around. Hands down. Oh my God, dude. He sounds like I, an I Alabama offensive yeah. coordinator. I can't give you stories. I can't just, you just got to take my word for it, man. I'm not going <laughs> to give this guy like a disservice. It is, he is hysterical, man. Like he could have a stand up and be successful. Those are the guys you need in the locker room, though, man. Like I said, I hit 160 in JUCO, but my God, was I valuable in that locker room to keep the gel going, keep the tunes going. Team morale was your was your part. It was, and that that that's what Jet Bandy is. Like I said, he legitimately sounds like an offensive coordinator for the Alabama Crimson Tide. That name is incredible. Is he from like the South? It has to be. I'm not. He's from California, I think. Actually. Oh. Um, <laughs> incredible man i have a a great video i can send you like right now if that's cool okay i can can send it to you afterwards it's like a little documentary about bandy he has a documentary about what an electric factory it was about the first time he got the pitch um for for our minor league team and he's always dreamed about doing it and so (laughs) we had a guy who's, who's also it's called the journeyman series his name's chase darnell yeah, um, he does a podcast, like a videography series or whatever it is, a YouTube thing. And um, so he got it all documented. And it's all like professionally done, all this stuff. Hysterical. Absolutely. Hysterical. This guy goes and puts he finds out he's pitching in like the seventh inning. We're losing like 16 to two. And <laughs> manager, manager comes up to him. And he's like, hey, you got the ninth. So he's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like he's, he's pumped. He is ecstatic. He sprints up to the stairs. He sprints up to the locker room, puts on our closers like Jays, like her, his spiked up Jordans, like his Concord 11. One look good. Had his closers knit. He had the clubby text up the PA, like text the PA box. He's like, yo, I want Hell's Bells as my walkout song. So he's down in the fucking, he's down in the bullpen, like taking his time, like, you know, taking it really serious too. Gets on the mound. And, okay, so this guy played in the big leagues for the Angels, the Brewers, a couple other teams, and he caught Jared Weaver, all these other guys. Jay, uh, dude, so he, he starts impersonating his favorite pitchers, like Weaver out there. <laughs> he starts doing – he did the, the Kimbrel. 
he went like this, the batter, a batter called time. A batter called time from laughing. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. So Bandy throws one at his head the next pitch for stepping out and laughing at him. Oh, my God. I love this guy. It's incredible, man. It is. It's. It's oh the guy. The guy is the person ever met on the team. God, wow. I love this guy. Yeah, he's awesome. Love this guy. Get him on the podcast, man. Get him on the official official Dude, he sounds like I want to let. He sounds like he should be a groomsman in my wedding party. Like he just sounds like the guy's gonna tell the good speech. He's gonna get the people going. I need. I I, Jet Bandy. What a name. What a guy. I love this guy. But here's the second last thing I want to bring up because I heard. Obviously, I saw on Instagram. You're a big Carolina Panthers guy. So, what's the feel going into this season with the team? What do you feel? Is Teddy Bridgewater the guy? Uh, I definitely think he's the guy for the near future. I mean, you look at what he's done just, I mean, these past three games. I know we lost this past Sunday, but these past four games, I mean, he's been really efficient. Um, He doesn't really turn the ball over. He's starting to run a little bit too, man. So, he's helping out in all areas of the game for us. And uh, I I love the signing um, this offseason of Matt Rule and Teddy Bridgewater. I think those two in a passing offense are – I think they're legit, man. I think I think the Carolina Panthers are looking at a nine-plus win, maybe even ten in a really tough, really tough division with yeah. Tampa Bay. Yeah, no, I, I, I love the Panthers. What Matt Rule has done with that team, with like not with pretty much nothing, CMC's hurt. What he's done with that team, it's like borderline coach of the year kind of stuff. Like it's crazy what he's done. It's been good, man. And we have a whole – I mean, we drafted – we had seven draft picks this last year. We had all seven of them were de- defensive rookies. You know, so we picked seven seven rookies out of the draft, and we're, they're all starting this year, and they're all performing, like, really well. So to have that kind of young talent, you know, win games this early in the season is, for me as a fan, I, I love seeing it. That just, you know, it gives you a little bit of hope for years to come. Yeah, and I don't know if you've seen that picture, but obviously it's it's circled around the internet. Teddy Bridgewater has the biggest meat I've ever like ever on the planet. I don't know if you've seen that picture on Google. It is football no. fans. It is one. I'll ha- I mean, I'm sorry, but I have to send this to you. It is one of the most incredible. I was at a law. It looks Photoshop, by the way. Yeah, like that's what they call him on um, Barstool is Big Dick Bridgewater. So I'll, I'll send it to you later. But I mean, obviously, it's soliciting pictures. I don't think actually, no, we're chilling. It's all it's already on the internet. But whatever. This is the last thing. Obviously, this is the, la- the second last thing here. Uh, I think I said that last time. Whatever. No, um, by the way, you don't have to send me that. I can. Uh, I don't need to feel bad about myself. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I won't send it to you. We'll just leave it for imagination. It's one of the most incredible pictures ever. People, if you're listening to that, maybe look it up. But um, yeah. So, what are your plans, kind of going into next year? Are you lo- obviously sign uh, TaylorGarrary.com. We're gonna get that going. But what yeah. is your plan, kind of? Are you, are you like talking to teams? You don't say the teams, but are you kind of discussing with teams like options and stuff like that? Uh, usually, the whole free agency process usually doesn't really take action until after the World Series is over. Yeah. But I did elect free agency just in case. Uh, I did elect free agency earlier just in case like there are teams talking. So. Signed TaylorGreary.com is it's out there now, so maybe teams yeah. are going to be, you know, a little bit more interested because of that. Yeah. But uh, as far as like the whole process, it usually doesn't kind of like take off, or you don't really get any kind of phone calls or anything until uh, after the World Series. So I won't know for another week and a half or so. But um, you know, I'm I'm not too worried about it, man. You know, I'm, I've done pretty well in my career. I think uh, I'm 27. I'm I'm still young enough to where I got I got plenty of good years ahead of me, man. I'm, I'm yeah. Fine. 
And if you sign with the Jays, hand up to me, I might be rock hard excited. Like I might just be, I might just be fired the hell up. But yeah, and here we go for the t-shirt idea. Here we are for the here we are for the t-shirt idea. It's gonna say investors, possibly you with your face under it. Little stepbrother action, kind of get both and both going. I, I I'm dialed in. That what what a saying. I'm all over it, man. There it is. And here's this is the last question we always ask the story guys. Can we say, can we put this on the record? This is the most electric baseball podcast you've ever been on. Maybe most electric baseball podcast on the planet. Without a doubt. I mean, I'll be honest, this is the first and only podcast I've ever done. Okay. One and I don't, one. See, I don't see many getting more electric than this. This is great. <laughs> Anyways, okay. man, I, I appreciate you doing this. Sign TaylorGuerrero.com, buy the shirts, get it buzzing. Uh, it was a, it was a pleasure doing this, man. And best of luck going into the off season. And uh, if you don't listen to this episode, if you don't like this episode, I'd rather you punch me in the face than don't like this episode. That's how electric this shit is. So I appreciate you doing this, man. Yeah, Johnny, thank you so much, man. I'm going to get my boy uh, Jano on here for you, too. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you.